Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host, my name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely Hannah Martin. Hannah, as she throws up a little deuces. How are you doing this week? Great. How are you doing? Much better than last week. How are you, are you recovering properly from your Benadryl episode? Oh my last god, week? that was last week. It was. it was like a year ago. You know, I'm fine. Okay, good. <laughs> I mean, I live with you, so I know that you're fine, but I just don't want our audience to worry. I appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> if anyone was worried about me, I'm doing well. Great. And the rash is gone. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, with that kind of rash, what you don't really want is a sequel. And what we're talking <laughs> about today, how's that what segue? A segue. <laughs> You don't want a sequel to an episode like that, but what we're talking about today is Nicolas Cage's first sequel, National Mm -hmm. Treasure Book of Secrets. So very briefly, Benjamin Franklin Gates, Riley Poole, (laughs) and whatever the name of Diane Kruger's character is, they're back at it. What the hell is her name? Something Chase. Abigail. Abigail Chase. Abigail Chase. (laughs) Abigail Chase. John Voight daddy they're all they're all back together (laughs) the gang (laughs) and this time they gotta find another treasure that's hidden in a book of secrets we'll get into the details of that later Mm -hmm. i hated this this was (laughs) it's so fun this was not fun it did nothing to recapture the the magic the the magic of the first one it really didn't so before we enjoyed it get into our detailed (laughs) analysis of this movie hannah's gonna give us a little bit of numbers, a uh, little bit of Rotten Tomatoes. A and little bit of numbers. A little bit of numbers. Just a little bit. Just a little taste. Just a taste. Something to get you hooked. <laughs> some numbers mm-hmm. and then some behind the scenes stories. So what do you got for us yes, this I weekend? Yes, I will. All right. So we are looking at a 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb and a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's rough. Do you have it right there? I might be able to pull it up. How does that compare to the first one? I don't have it readily available. Okay, let me find out. Actually, let's see. National Treasure, Rotten Tomatoes is a 46. All right, so <laughs> only one. dropped 10 points. And 6.8. All right, only dropped so, yeah. 0.3 three points. Yeah. So the critics feel <laughs> pretty mutual about this one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, but I don't know. You feel very differently. I feel so differently. This uh, we'll, we'll get into it, like I said. Keep going. What else you got? <laughs> So the budget for this movie was 130 million, and okay. with the critical success of the first one, this thing crushed it in the box office. Mm. I'm shocked that you didn't see it in theaters. No, I did. <laughs> <laughs> um, we are looking at 459.2 million dollars in the box office, which I am again shocked that they still haven't made a third one. There's talks of them making... We talked about it in our last National Treasure episode. There's talks of them making a third one and a spinoff series with a younger cast. Mm-hmm. But it's incredible that they never made a third one. Well, yeah. that's... I can get into it then. <laughs> All right. So in 2013, John Turtletaub mm. announced that... The director. Yes, the director. I th- We went through this last time. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go back and listen to the yeah, other National the Treasure sequel. episode. Yeah, so, yeah, Turtle Tob announced in 2013 that in 2015 they were going to produce a, a the third. Mm. Um, and the plot would be based upon the ending 
that they leave you with on page yeah. 47 of the Book of Secrets. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2018, he said that essentially his dream of making this third movie kind of died because Disney has other priorities. I don't blame Disney. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I guess I'll segue... Since we're talking about this, we'll start with with Nick. So I read okay. an, I read an interview with Nick, mm-hmm. and he talks a lot about sequels because the person interviewing him said, "You've never made a sequel before. I thought you didn't want to make sequels." And Nick came back and said, "Yeah, you're right. I've never done one before because I don't like to repeat myself." Mm. But the historical context, the plot of this was very compelling to me. Um, I'm, this isn't verbatim. I'm just going to, sure. you know. Say, just say what's on your mind. Just say what's on my mind here. So he said that the the historical um, references in this were more interesting to him than the first one. Okay. And I'll spoil the movie a little bit. It was a real game changer for him to find out that Ben Gates, his character, was going to kidnap the president of the United States. Mm, yes. So he felt that the plot was funny and absurd enough to bring this thing back do it all over again, and ultimately Nick Cage is very happy that he did. Wow. Also, this movie made a lot of fucking money. It so sure did. he and should be happy, and he is not doing well financially at this point in his life. Well, oh, It is yeah. 2007, 20, 2008 is about to happen. Bangkok Dangerous is next <sighs> week. We'll talk about some very... Um, yeah. Yeah, cringeworthy financial experiences that Nicolas Cage is is going through in 2008. But let's stay positive. We'll stick with National Treasure Book of Secrets here. Thank God. Um, So he's talking about sequels. He's saying you never did one before because he doesn't like to repeat himself. But now he did it and he's happy he did. So then the person interviewing him came back and said, all right, well, how about Ghost Rider? Are you going to do a second one of those? And Nick Cage said, all they have to do is call me. Well, he did. They did call (laughs) him. They did call him and he did it. So he's selling out. Um, so the interviewer also asked, would you like to do more National Treasure movies? And Nick Cage said that he wants to see an international treasure movie. In this movie, they do leave the United States. I was going to say. Uh, but he yeah. wants to see something like in Asia and Africa. Of course he wants to see something in Asia. Yeah, he loves Kabuki. He loves Kabukiism. So I'll finish off this interview real quick. Hmm. Um, next question they asked him was, how are you like Ben mm. and his character? And he said that he and Ben both have a lot of respect for their ancestry and hold it to high okay. regard. And obviously, Nick Cage comes from a famous family, <laughs> yeah. so he would not be where he is if he didn't have that Coppola name. Yeah. So he has a lot of respect for those who came before him. He said that, I feel that it began with Carmine Coppola. We didn't come from a lot of money. He came here because he could play the flute. <laughs> Um, He joined an orchestra, and he was the first chair flautist. The most beautiful thing that happened, just as a sidetrack to that, about two years ago, I was sleeping. The TV was on two years ago, so this was in 2007, so 2005. 2005. Um, The TV was on. It was the Arts Channel. Okay. Which I guess he falls asleep to the Arts Channel. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I did not know when I heard this flute and I woke up. It was my grandfather playing the flute, and it was the Dance of the Blessed Spirits. I'm getting chills just thinking about it now. It was like he was talking to me. It was amazing. <laughs> so he was saying that was the beginning of our history in the arts, and then it only 
went on from there. So that's, you know, that's how he feels the connection, to this the connection that he feels with Ben. So what they also asked was, you know, it's been a few years. Ben's character's changed, which I think you can tell in the movie how he's much lost he's a lot of hair. He has lost a lot of hair and he's also lost a lot of attitude. No, he has more attitude now. <laughs> he has would, a different attitude in this He's one. lost a lot of, I guess, like the stoicness that he had in the first movie. And I think yeah. that's mostly because now all of his claims were founded. Right. So right. He's not the crazy guy Yeah, anymore. he's not a quack in the community anymore. Right. Like people actually have respect for him mm-hmm. in the both like history and political community. Sure. So he's a little bit more himself i think he's a little the character is more like nicholas cage yes exactly (laughs) (laughs) so they asked how he personally is different from the first film since they were talking about how his character is different from the first film and nick said that he is more mature now that he doesn't care nearly as much about motorcycles as he did when he was filming the first movie (laughs) Is that a sign of maturity? <laughs> I don't know. And then the last thing I'll leave you with from Nick Cage, okay. and then we'll get a little bit into some behind the scenes stuff from the movie, is that Nick Cage said the cheesiest thing I've ever heard. Okay, and what he do you said got? that family is the real national treasure. Ew, boo. <laughs> boo. This man sold out. Ugh. It would be really funny if this whole movie they were on this great treasure hunt and at the end it was just carved family it was just carved into a wall or something like the real treasure was the friends you made along the (laughs) way way. (laughs) you just look around it's like i've already been friends with riley for years yeah so that's nick and that's how he feels about this he loved it great he's a big fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) he loves his ancestry he does okay some stuff about the movie oh god A lot of it is specific to scenes because similar to the last movie, which I didn't do a ton of research for because we made a we made our own movie. If you have not seen it, for the last National Treasure, yeah, (laughs) go on our Instagram and check out the trailer that we recreated shot for shot of the first National Treasure movie. Mm -hmm. But a lot of a lot of the research that I did was is this actually historically accurate? Um, Yeah. You know, the filming locations, where was this? Was it actually there? What did they have to recreate? Mm-hmm. Were they able to actually, like, film the artifacts? Did they have to create sure. artifacts? Things like that. So that's a lot of what I came up with when doing research for this one, too. But we'll start with um, some just, like, fun behind-the-scenes facts. Ooh. Really just enjoyable things Ooh. to share with you. And then as... I do, you know, as we go through scene by scene so that I don't ruin too much. I know I already spoiled it and told you that That's Ben okay. Gates kidnaps the president of the United States. I'm, uh, we'll, <clears throat> we'll get to some other facts just as they, as they come. So there is a scene at Mount Rushmore. I don't think I'm spoiling too much by saying that. Sure, no. And apparently the, the day that they were filming there, I mean, I can't imagine that it was just one day that they filmed there. They had to filmed for more than one day there. But even if it, any of the days that they were mm-hmm. filming there, mm-hmm. likely a Friday, there was a prom for a high school in South Dakota. Amazing. That was supposed to be at Mount Rushmore. And Disney displaced this prom. Ah, okay. So Disney out of pocket, which sure. can't be much at all paid for the transference of their prom to a different location 
and did like some giveaways and prizes and stuff at their prom like they like oh, made it special nice. for them because they like really ruined their prom who did nick cage go with <laughs> i don't think any of the oh, actors went i was to the really prom. that would be really fun though. i was really hoping that's what you were gonna say no, is that no. somebody caught wind of that and asked nicholas cage to the prom and that he was like incredible. i would ask nick cage to prom oh i well i went to prom at the constitution center he might have. He might he have may even as been well there. Have just been my prom date. He might. Have, he might have been downstairs he trying to steal was, the declaration. To steal the declar- that's, it's not there, but yeah. wow, <laughs> it's the Constitution Center. <laughs> trying to steal the Constitution <laughs> might have been down there. We don't know. So yeah, they displaced a prom. Disney made for a new prom. Let's see. Um, there's a lot of handwriting in this movie mm-hmm. from our forefathers, founding fathers. Oh yes, and Queen Victoria. So. They had experts brought in to match the handwriting so that it was wow. historically accurate for Lincoln, um, Calvin Coolidge, and Queen Victoria. That's awesome. <laughs> you mean they didn't actually write down these things in the Book of Secrets? Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that. Okay. Um, this is the second movie that Nick Cage is battling it out with Ed Harrison. Ed Harris was also in The Rock. Oh, wow. Ed Harris was the bad guy in The, the Rock. The bad guy in The Rock, and he is the bad guy in this movie, too. Oh, man. I totally forgot. Yes. I already told you that the president gets kidnapped. Yes. And we know that there's a book of secrets. Yes. So in order to tell this story, I feel like I need to explain what that book of secrets is. Okay. We can explain or it Or would very you briefly. like me to... No, it's wait. all right. I don't think it... It's it doesn't fine. matter. It who, doesn't matter. Who, who gives a fuck? Who cares? <laughs> So the Book of Secrets is apparently a secret book. <laughs> wow. No, really? Go figure. <laughs> that each president has handed down from president to president, only yeah. supposed to be known between the presidents. And mm-hmm. um, I guess Riley is a conspiracy theorist because Ben Gates is also a conspiracy theorist. He wrote a book and he wrote on a book the subject. about the subject. So he knows about it, and that's how they like find out about it, and that's why they decide to kidnap the president so that mm-hmm. they can get like their hands on the book of secrets if it actually exists. So this is proof that Barack Obama has seen this movie. Oh, amazing! Because in a interview with Michael Smirconish from Philadelphia, okay, um, Barack Obama told Smirconish when he asked him about the book of secrets, "If I tell you, I'll have to kill you." Whoa. <laughs> And it then, could exist. And then he also said, and don't mess with my Resolute desk, which we'll get to in the movie. <laughs> this, it could exist. It very well could exist. Does that mean Trump has it? <laughs> that, I had thought about that the entire movie. Me too. I feel like <laughs> Obama just wouldn't have told him. Like, there's no way Trump saw National Treasure 2. There's like, also no way that Trump would know about a secret book and would be able to keep a secret about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so what happens when... Like a president goes out of office, do they just hold on to that secret for the rest of their lives? They have to. Whoa. So anyway, in the book of secrets are things like what's really going on in Area Fifty One, JFK, and the assassination, the JFK assassination, what really happened. It's all it's all written in there mm-hmm. in that book of secrets that so only if, the president. If has. One of our listeners one day becomes the president of the United States. Could be you, Han. Could be me. Could be you, Steve. Oh, I doubt it. Could be any of our listeners. Um, you know. Get back to us. You reach out. Let us we're, know. We're trustworthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, last thing I will say before we get into this is that Helen Mirren plays Nicolas Cage's mother in this movie. You love that. <laughs> John Voight's ex-wife. Yes. And around the same time that this movie was filmed, she also filmed The Queen, where she played Queen Victoria. Oh. And Helen Mirren was invited to meet the Queen of England now. Oh. Yeah, Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth. However, she... I guess on the same day as this prom was filming in South Dakota for this fucking movie and missed her opportunity to meet a the queen. British woman who cares about that kind of shit. Isn't is to she meet the queen? Is she not Dame Helen Mirren? So she, she would have met Dame Helen Mirren. So she would have met the queen in her naming oh, guess, ceremony. Yeah. Or that may have been ceremony. her naming ceremony and she didn't get the opportunity to be like be there in person I think for you it. You have to be there. Hold on. <laughs> I'll find out when she was named Dame. Okay. And even if she wasn't, I mean. It's the queen. It's the queen. Like, even if you've met her 400 times, you don't want to miss your 401st time meeting the queen. It's the queen. (laughs) I'm just imagining you getting a text message from the queen. Just like, ugh, God, I don't want to hang out with her again. She's hung out with her like four. Didn't I just see her? Hung out with her like 400 times. Just die already, am I right? Okay, 2003. She was knighted yes. or named yes. or She was named it? a Dame Commander of the Order of the British Empire. Okay. So she met the Queen in 2003, most likely. Yeah. And then had the opportunity to in like... In 2007. And then she was in South Dakota of all the goddamn places in the world to be instead of yeah. meeting the Queen in Buckingham Palace. Maybe she went to prom. <laughs> I hope so. Right? I would take to Helen Mirren I would to take Helen Mirren to prom. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Who would you rather take to prom? Nicholas Cage or Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren. Really? Oh, man. I don't know. The reaction you would get. Like, people... Yeah. If you took Helen Mirren to prom, people would be like... Why did you bring your grandma to prom? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you took Nick Cage to prom, people would be like... That's Why amazing. You, bring you brought Cage Nicholas to Cage to your prom. <laughs> You're not wrong. All right. Maybe I changed my answer. All right. The rest, I'll, we'll get into it. All right. So what that means is we're going to go through this movie, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. Which is most of the movie because he's the star. Dear God, this movie. I was rereading through my notes in preparation for this podcast today, and I don't recall like the first third of this movie. Really? It, I just, it made no impression I've seen on this me. movie like four times, so <laughs> I All right, feel well, like you I might could, have to help me out. I can probably assist. So the first time we see Nicolas Cage is actually a few minutes into the movie where he's giving a presentation on... I think it's on the what not the Lincoln letters Freemasons the Freemason and... bullshit it's it's his treasure the I Templar think, treasure that, the Templar crap or whatever <laughs> and I love his outfit right in the beginning it's a t-shirt underneath with a v-neck over top of that with a blazer over top of that and glasses and right? glasses and you think he's wearing a wig I don't know if, I think it's okay. just really bad hair. it's a hair piece I won't okay. call it a wig but it's a piece where, and he's worn this in other movies before, where they make it fuller on the sides. Why would they do that? I, to to make, make it fuller on the top. Why doesn't he just have weatherman hair in every movie? I don't know. And Is they it, had a big budget for this, too. They, and he cared about it, too. They could have put a million dollars into the wig. Into his hair. <laughs> and, like, it wouldn't be that unreasonable. Anyway, the wig is terrible if it is a wig. <laughs> All right, then it might very well just be his hair. It could. I don't know. <laughs> let, let us know what you think if anybody's seen this movie. But like I said, we watch these movies so that you don't have to. 
Anyhow, so Nicolas Cage is giving his presentation on the Knights Templar, whatever, his adventures from the last movie. And seemingly out of the shadows, Ed Harris, Ed Harris <laughs> speaks up and he's just like, is that what you think really happened? What do you have to say about your great-grandfather who was involved with the killing of Lincoln? And like the whole audience gasps. It's so like cliche in that regard. And so Ed Harris... Is this before or after the flashback? This is after the, the flashback. Okay, this is well, I'm we, doing Nick Cage scenes. We should well, I was explain about, I was, a little. I was, I was about okay, to. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so Ed Harris pulls out of his pocket a half-burned piece of paper from Thomas Gates, Nicolas Cage's great-grandfather, who was... The father of Christopher Plummer's character. Father of Christopher Plummer. Yes, yeah. So there's a flashback sequence where what happens is that Nicolas Cage's great-grandfather was forced to decode some sort of puzzle on a piece of his diary paper or something the same night that Lincoln got assassinated. By John Wilkes Booth. By John Wilkes Booth. So Ed Harris, with this piece of paper, makes the implication that Thomas Gates, Nicolas Cage's great-great-grandfather or great-grandfather, orchestrated the murder of of Abraham Lincoln, which of course very much upsets John Voight and Nicolas Cage, who are at this presentation. Right. So, little historical tidbit to share with you. Mm-hmm. Part of my Latin. Oh, great. <laughs> um, right after John Wilkes Booth shoots, yeah, he... Abraham Lincoln in the head, he jumps mm-hmm. down onto the stage of the theater that they're in, mm-hmm. and he yells, "Sick, Sempered. Tyrannus. Right. Um, which is the motto of Virginia. But also it is the line that Brutus says in Julius Caesar. Okay. And John Wilkes Booth comes from a family of actors. His father and his brother are actors. Mm. His father always favored his brother. This is, I mean, this is, who knows if this is true. I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, yes. Father always favored the brother. Father, I guess, directed a performance of Julius Caesar, cast the brother as Brutus. John Wilkes Booth never got to play Brutus. That's who he wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you can say that he finally had the opportunity to yell a famous line by Brutus in a theater. Okay. So are who you making... any of that is true? Are you making the connection that, in this case, Nicolas Cage is John Wilkes Booth and... No, 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 no. Oh. <laughs> this has nothing to do with Nick Cage. Oh, thanks. Thanks, thanks for letting me know that. <laughs> Oh, boy. So anyway, (laughs) after that depressing day of the presentation, uh, Nick Cage goes back to his dad's house, John Voight's house, where we find out that Nick Cage is thrown out of his old mansion that he had at the end of the first one because he and Diane Kruger are on a break or something or broken up entirely. And he's being sad boy Nicky because John Voight's all upset. Where did she get the mansion? I don't know. He found the treasure. I guess. I don't know. With her help and yeah, Riley's right. and his dad's. Right. So speaking of Riley, Riley shows up. I love Riley. <laughs> so Riley shows up in a Ferrari, red Ferrari spider. Hold on, let me find it. Okay. Is it the same car that he had at the end so, of the first okay. one? He shows up in an F430 spider. Mm-hmm. But apparently at the end of the first one, he's in a 360 spider. So there's a continuity error. Oh, he could have just bought another one. Well... At the end of the movie. Yeah. It is back to the 360 spider. Oh. 
Interesting. So, so we'll get into that later, I guess. But so Riley, we learn, is now essentially broke because he spent all of his money on this fancy car that he didn't realize he had to pay taxes on. And then he also must have spent a ton of money into publishing his book that nobody bought. Yeah, that car was about $5 million. Right, yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how he spent all his money, but he spent $5 million and he owes $6 million to the IRS in taxes. Very similar to Nicholas Cage. Hey, little (laughs) foreshadowing. Look at that. I didn't even think of that. So Nick Cage and Riley realize that we need to figure out, we need to clear my great-grandfather's name. And in order to do that, I need to go get something from my old house. So I need your help, Riley, to hack the security system and break into my old house while Diane Kruger's out. So they go over to the house. Diane Kruger, of course, shows up while they're still there. She shows up On with a date, a date uh, played by Ty Burrell of Modern Family fame. He's Phil Dunphy. Works, yep, he works for the White, White house. house. Yes. So... Nick Cage is like, there's another map and a puzzle and a cipher on the back of some John Wilkes Booth thing. We have to get it and we have to use your lab. And they ultimately work together and they find a code on the back of a piece of paper that's in John Wilkes Booth's diary or some shit. And it needs a five letter code. And so so this is the first of many of like, just (laughs) Just what is jumping to fucking conclusions. So, but barely, I guess. So, they need a five-letter code to break this code that they found using laser scans. Oh, my God. Sorry. I just so, remembered it. And so they're back at John Voight's house, and Nick Cage is talking to his dad. And he's like, tell me again the story that your grandfather told you. It's a different house, by the way, than in the first movie. And I in fact, so, this house is the house that is the Mr. and Mrs. Smith house, which oh. his daughter, oh, yeah. Angelina, Angelina Jolie, Jolie, was in. And it's also in the same house as the father of the bride house yeah. with Steve Martin. Whoa, look at all that. Good mm-hmm. stuff. So anyway, Nick Cage is like, tell me the story again. Did did great-grandfather, or did your your grandfather ever tell you anything else about about what something that might help us crack the code? Meanwhile, Riley's in the other room trying like every five-letter word, starting with the letter A, and just going down the list in the dictionary like an idiot. But, it's like in the first movie. Yeah, it's like a leapfrog of vicious door it's like valley forge forge, (laughs) but he's talking to his dad and his dad's like telling him the story and he goes oh yeah now i remember here's a big clue he also said the debt that all men pay yeah his last his my my great grandfather's last dying breath this is like the thing you've been thinking about nonstop for the past three four and days. now you remember yeah now you remember <laughs> nick cage just storms into the other it's death try death he's like the debt that all men pay oh death death of course so he calls diane kruger and lets her know that hey i think we found something and uh here's like the first scream of the movie there's better but here's the first scream of the movie because he calls her and says or maybe there was a treasure map like thomas gates Said there was, and Lavalet had it. We only got a parcel in the next word. L-A-D, lad. Ladder. Aladdin. Aladdin. Lady. Thank you, Abigail. Lavalet lady. Do you know what Lavalet was planning right around the time Lincoln was assassinated? I've got it There's a map or a clue to a map on the statue. He screams about another fucking map on the phone. <laughs> and she's actually, we thought she was on a date, but she's meeting with Ed Harris 
and I guess it's a professional meeting, like dinner meeting. And, yeah, I assumed it was a date too. And he was like, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> like, I know that there's a map or something. Like, Ed Harris <laughs> is onto them, I guess, is, is what I'm trying to say. And they, they realize- do a horrible job of evading the bad guys in this movie. It's they did a much better job in the first of evading Sean Bean. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was kind of hoping Sean Bean would make an appearance. He, R.I.P. <laughs> He's not dead. Oh, yeah, he's in prison. <laughs> he is known for dying in movies and TV shows. Yeah, he didn't die in that one, though. The actor. He's just in federal prison. Right? Anyway, <laughs> the clue from that random-ass piece of paper leads them to the Statue of Liberty, but not the one in New York. Sorry, is that a... What kind of crime is that? What? Is that a white-collar or a blue-collar crime that Sean Bean committed? Well, both, I guess, because he also shot at people in the right. middle of the streets of Philadelphia. True, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he... You, you get them for one, like you're you gonna, get them for all of it. Yeah, you write them up you're for like all of it to, in the hopes that you can put them <laughs> away for one of them. Yeah. Anyway, that's the first movie. So they go to Paris because I didn't even know this, but there's apparently a replica of the Statue of Liberty in Paris um, because that was where the code led them from the piece of paper from before. And so Riley's flying a little helicopter drone around looking for another clue. He ultimately finds it, but the cops come over and are like, "Hey, you can't do that here." And Nick Cage goes, oh, don't worry, it's okay. And then he just starts spouting off these historical facts and things, and he just woos these cops with history. He just flirts their, flirts his way into the cops, like, helping him out. Okay, this is what I thought. I remember learn, learning this in history class, and I'm glad that I remembered. Mm-hmm. So, you know how France gave the U.S. the Statue of Liberty? Yes. So the U.S. gave France back a replica of it as wow. a gift <laughs> <laughs> it's like re-gifting just a smaller version of the same statue Aww. only a few years later oh okay gotcha 1886 so is... they gave us the statue 1889 we gave them a statue so that's why the clue was on the french statue as yes. opposed to the u.s statue indeed so the clue with the help of the cops is that they have to find the resolute desks. And the first resolute the desk. Twin resolute there's desks. two. There's two twin resolute desks. And the first one is just in a Buckingham Palace. Cross the the river there in Buckingham. Across the pond. Across, nah, across no, the, pond the pond is pond, yeah, yeah, yeah. The not, river. Uh, the channel. The channel, yes. Yeah, yeah, the that, channel. Yeah. So it's just across the channel there in Buckingham Palace. It's in the Queen's Den or the Queen's Study mm-hmm. and the scene. It is Queen Victoria's desk. And then there's another one in the Oval Office. Yes, we'll get to that. But the Buckingham Palace scene <laughs> is amazing. everything. It's, a, it's everything. <laughs> it is this I, whole movie. Honestly, don't even really. So the plan is that the best way to get to the desk is through the security office. So Nick Right, Cage, because it's next to the dumbwaiter elevator, which yes. will take you up to. Almost directly to the study. To the study. So Nick Cage's plan is he's going to go in. And he's going to make a scene to get him thrown into the little jail, the little security office in Buckingham <laughs> Palace. And I don't know what else I can say. I think I'll just play the scene here and enjoy. You're the one who's making a scene right now. I, I'm not making a scene right now. No, we want to make a scene. Well, then fine. That's what you want. Then let's have it out right now. Ah, uh, so subtle. Well, let me guess. It's the wrong time. It's the wrong place. I'm wrong again. Wrong about us. Chair. You see? You see, everybody, listen to this. This is more interesting than that. She thinks that even when I'm right, I'm wrong. Isn't that right? Abigail. 
Just because I answer a question quickly doesn't make it wrong. Not if the right answer is something we need to figure out together. As a couple, that's what couples do. Sure. Then you and your missus take it outside. Oh, now look what you've done. You brought the little bobbies down on us. You take the missus outside. I'm staying right here. Ben! Good afternoon, sir. Hello. Been drinking, have we? Just a nip. Just popped down to the pub for a pint. Bit of all right. Going to arrest a man for that. Going to detain a blighter for enjoying his whiskey. So uh, that's enough, sir. Beggars and mash. Balls and squeak. Smoke the old pie. Sir? Haggers! That's it. Dismount the banister. Uh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. That's a fantastic scene. I mean, I don't know what else to say, but that was wild. If you hesitate to watch this movie, which I understand why, just watch just this watch scene. this scene. Yeah, absolutely. that's all you need to see. I'm yeah. sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. And meanwhile, Riley is like deactivating security cameras and stuff in a bathroom stall, and there's like a million poop jokes in between, <laughs> <laughs> like the beginning and end of the scene. Ultimately. So funny, but also Diane Kruger. So uh, probably before yeah, I play, so I should have mentioned up. she shows up before I. I should have mentioned that before I played the scene. But so she shows up when she shouldn't have been there, and so they both get thrown in security. And when they're going up the dumbwaiter, Nick Cage has just this crazy look in his eye as <laughs> Diane Kruger's like, "I'm coming with you," and he's like, "No," and then he just fucking freaks out and goes, "Get in." <laughs> They get in the dumbwaiter and have the most awkward, flirtatious scene. He's like bashfully, he's like bashfully hiding behind flowers. Flowers, he bats his eyelashes. Oh, 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 Diane Kruger. So stupid. Real dumb. So the reason that she was led to, I feel like this is important to share Mm. because it talks about how the villains get like, like catch on to what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So Diane Kruger gets a call from John Voight saying, you know, Nick is at Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the movie, John Voight, is, did this happen yet? I don't know what you're talking about. His so. phone. I, I blacked out in the first third of this movie. <laughs> no, yeah, so Ed Harris they, is, like, is just monitoring Harris, like, John Voight's phone. Yeah, they like cloned his phone so yeah. they know all the conversations he's having. So I guess he told Diane Kruger on the phone that yeah. they were going to Buckingham Palace, so then Ed Harris shows up at Buckingham Palace. I guess he must have been in England already. Well, Diane Kruger wasn't either. Yeah, well, how did they all get to they England so quickly? They got there really quickly. What great timing. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, I mean... I'm sure it's explained Nick, and we just don't remember. Well, Nick and Riley were in Paris. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like terribly they were already far. in England. Yeah, but it's not, it's not that no, far. No, it's true. It's like a few hours. Yeah, the, the cops that they were talking to said, yeah, why don't we call you a cab? And they like took a cab. I mean, I guess they could have taken a cab to, to like airport. an airport or, or something or, or a train station. Anyhow, they go into the den or the study. They find the desk. It's not just a desk. It's also a safe. A puzzle. And it's a puzzle. So you got to solve the puzzle by opening the drawers in the proper way. And out pops an antique piece of wood with Native American markings on it. And they can't read it. But they've got the piece of wood. So they decide to escape. And they run into Ed Harris in the streets. And Ed Harris, just like Sean Bean in the first one, starts opening fire in a in a crowded city, and they start having going through a car chase. Oh my god! And in Bruckheimer fashion, yes, and uh, yeah. So of course, one of the bad guys steals like a like a what are they called a cabbie like a those an old timey cars that they like the taxi. 
the the so, British taxis. And of okay. course, throughout the chase scene as well, they also crash into a double-decker bus, and it's like, of course they did. It's England. So apparently in The Rock, yes, Ed Harris steals a car okay. from an extra. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, he steals a car from the same extra. That's actually hilarious. Isn't that great? It's <laughs> pretty great, actually. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah. I would have never oh, known that. Did we get to the kid? The kid. No. The cage arguing with no. the kid. No. Oh, my God. Not okay, yet. That's at right. the White House in, okay, a, in another it, scene it, or two. So <laughs> we'll, we'll get there quickly. But during the car chase, Nick Cage decides that he oh my God. can't let ed harris have this antique piece of wood at it's least a, it's a very similar like you know whatever predicament that he had in the first movie when mm-hmm. they had like the glasses, the glasses and, the and the declaration they were like well we don't want him to have either but we definitely don't want him to have them together so like let's split up so he was like well we can't have him have it but we also need we the need information the message. because yeah. we can't decode it ourselves because so, it's in an ancient Aztec language. So what Nick Cage does <laughs> logically <laughs> is he runs a red light, it holds the antique wood, the markings up up in the windshield so that mm-hmm. the red light camera will take a picture of it. Really high quality. He then throws the piece of wood overboard over a bridge. Here's my question to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie, it's been established yes, yes, yes. that every single character in the car, Riley, Dan Kruger and Nick Cage, they all have cell phones that take pictures. Correct. What? Why? Why? Why did they hold it up to a red light camera? Um. And then Riley had to hack into the red light camera. To show that Riley can hack again. That is absolutely ridiculous. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Anyhow. Maybe it was an advertisement for... The company that creates those red light cameras to show how high quality quality it is. (laughs) God (laughs) Christ. So they decide in order to read the markings, they need to go to the only expert in the world who can read Native American markings. And it's none other than Nicolas Cage's mother, non-Native American, (laughs) Helen Mirren, (laughs) who just so happens to know every Native American language. Who is putting on... (laughs) <laughs> no offense, Helen Mirren. Quite a terrible American accent. It's the same thing with Michael Caine in The Weatherman. I brought up The Weatherman yeah. earlier. It's like, I feel like they're trying to, they're not trying to totally hide their British accent, but they're trying to downplay a down. strong British accent, and it sounds weird. Very odd. Yeah. So anyway, Helen Mirren tells them, well, you don't have the full map to this. Tr- it's It's actually... A treasure map that leads to the lost city of gold, El Dorado. They never actually use the words El Dorado. Because I don't think it is El Dorado. It's, it's a, different a different city, city of, of gold. gold. One that was created by the founding fathers. No, it's still created oh, yeah, it's by like the Aztecs. An Aztec shit. Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> so it's an Aztec language. So Why is it? Where? Okay, whatever. Whatever. That's It's nowhere near the Aztecs. Yeah. Are any of our <laughs> listeners still following this? <laughs> We watched this movie and couldn't follow it. Barely, barely. <laughs> so she says, not only is it to the city of gold, but it's only half the map. So Nick Cage... It's, sorry, it's just lazy writing. So Nick Cage goes, oh, <laughs> the other half of the map must be in the, in the other, other resolute desk, desk. Which is where the president of the United States sits in the Oval Office. So 
who do they know who works at the White House? That schlubby uh, Ty date. Bur- Ty Burrell, happy-go-lucky Ty Burrell from Modern Family. So they go to the White House. I hate this scene so much. And this is where like a kid comes up to Ben Gates. <laughs> starts Cage, arguing with him. And just starts like fucking ripping Nick Cage apart for no reason. And then do you remember what Nick Cage does at the end? Of their interaction. He says something like, go ahead and run along now or something. Or does he do, do something more you know what he does weird? with his body? No, what? I don't he remember. He curls his finger at him. Oh, yeah. That was so weird. It's like he wanted to flip him up, but instead he just stuck up his index finger and curled it a little bit curled and pointed it, it at him. Like, arg. Oh, like, a, like a little like a little claw. Like, arg. Yeah. I don't know. That's what he chose to do. Fuck, that's weird. I didn't even write that down. I don't know why I didn't. That's so odd. So anyway, they meet up with Ty Burrell during the White House Easter egg hunt on the front lawn, I guess, of the White House. And Diane Kruger is wearing a low-cut tight dress and kind of swindles her way into saying like, oh my God, I would just love to see the Oval Office. Do you think that they've seen it before? The two of them? Like the characters? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like Diane no, Kruger's character so. has probably seen it before. I doubt it. Really? Yeah, I don't know why they would be in there. I don't know. Cause it's kind of a secure location. It is, but she's got a relatively high up position in like the museums. Yeah. Doesn't she work for the Smithsonian? I don't remember. Or There's care. probably like some artwork <laughs> in the Oval Office that, yeah, she, she for sure does because doesn't she deal with like precious artifacts and preservation? I guess she let's, probably preserves the desk. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know, Ham. Let's just say yes. We've got a lot of movies. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so the three of them are in the Oval Office because Dan Kruger uses her sexiness to persuade uh, Ty Burrell to go in there. So they're pretending to look for an earring while Nick Cage unlocks the second safe under the Resolute desk and finds that the other half of the map is missing. There's no oh other. My God antique piece of wood that would fit with the what other antique do? piece of wood what are we gonna do so nick cage with his camera phone takes a picture <laughs> of, he did not need to run a red light for this one of a symbol that's in where the piece of wood should be in the a little stamp. compartment and there's a stamp that, a seal that is a seal thank you mm-hmm. and it's an eagle like you might see on a u.s symbol but instead of holding an olive branch it's holding a scroll and they bring the symbol out to, they reconvene the whole crew. And Riley's like, I know what this is. You guys know what this is because you must have read my book. And they all went, Riley, you moron. We didn't read your stupid book, you idiot. You, we hate you. You guy who has helped us out a million times in ways we they couldn't They treat Riley like absolute trash. And then they're like, oh, it's in the book. And Nick Cage has to like take off the packaging that he had in his car because he, he bought Riley's the book. like, you haven't even opened it? Well, I was going to get to it, you moron. <laughs> I was moving. I was moving. Anyway, Riley Dick. saves the day with his knowledge, as always, like he did with the fucking uh, daylight savings yeah. in the first one. On the $100 bill. Yeah, exactly. So that's where they also discuss what is in the Book of Secrets, which we mentioned before. So they realize they need to get the Book of Secrets. So the seal relates to the Book of Secrets. Yes, thank you. I think I glossed over that. Thank you. So in order to get the Book of Secrets, they first approach the FBI, and we see Harvey Keitel again from from the first one. Good Mm -hmm. guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a few scenes with Harvey Keitel and some of his FBI agents, and they're talking about stuff that really the FBI would not care about. Like in the beginning of the movie, there's just a scene with Harvey Keitel and his agents and they're like, Harvey Keitel, 
we have to let you know, uh, at Nicolas Cage's presentation today, somebody spoke up and said that his great-grandfather was involved with killing Lincoln. Like, why would the director of the FBI give a flying fuck about that? Wouldn't. He wouldn't is the answer. I never, and then, I never thought about it. And then when they're talking to Harvey Keitel, they're like, yeah, we need the Book of Secrets. And he's like, oh, like in Riley's book? And they're like, you read Riley's book? He's like, yeah, it's my job because I need to know everything. <laughs> it's it? like, no, it's not. He it's not a, your job. He wrote a book about conspiracy theories. A guy you like barely apprehended once wrote a book about conspiracy theories. You're going to read it as like the director of the FBI? No, Yeah, it's right? his job, Steve. I guess. I guess. Anyhow. So <laughs> what they decide or what they figure out is that only the president, the president only is the only one who can have access to the Book of Secrets. There's no other way. So they're at John Voight's house, and they're trying to figure out what to do. And this is where Nick Cage goes into a great monologue where he says something along the lines of, like, we've got to clear my grandfather's name because, you know, before Lincoln got shot, people used to say the United States are, and now... You say the United States is... Got to clear granddad's name. So what are we going to do, Ben? I'm going to kidnap him. What? What? I'm going to kidnap the president of the United States. And it's, oh, Ben. <laughs> it's the exact same shit from the first one. I'm going to steal it. What? I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. So they're able to <laughs> honestly quite easily corner the the president of the United States when he's at uh, Mount Vernon, which is like a, um, a, re- a retreat, um, a secure location. That what? Help me out here. What is Mount Vernon? It's where Washington lived. Right, yeah, but like, what's like, it's like, what are they doing there? It's like a. It's for his birthday party. Was it for his birthday party? Yeah, they were gonna book a birth. They were gonna book a location for the president's birthday party, mm-hmm. and Nick Cage and his crew booked all of the other locations in the area that could possibly host a party of that caliber. So they only had one choice, which was to visit Mount, Mount Vernon. Vernon. Yes, thank you. Again. I blacked out in and out of this movie. I don't even know how to describe things anymore. So Nick Cage, using his extreme expertise in scuba, scubas his way <laughs> into Mount Vernon. And he does the exact same thing he did in the first one where he takes off his scuba suit. He's wearing a pristine tuxedo underneath. And doesn't he say something along the lines of like, I hope one day I'm yeah. actually invited to a place that I can wear this yeah. tux. Yeah, yeah exactly. And funny. he walks he walks out of the woods right past oh a, God, a Secret the Service agent. Guy. And he's just like, hey, did you see a young hot blonde around here? You know, oh, man. I'm... I just got her a drink and she ran away. And the Secret <laughs> Service guy's like, he's like no. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> so he grabs the president and he's like, you know, there's some underground tunnels. We can go treasure hunting under there. So a few things about that. Uh-huh. First of all, Mount Vernon has a cellar. It has no tunnels underground. That you know of. Fair. <laughs> um, second of all, Nick says, and I remember hearing this in the movie and being mm. like, oh, interesting. He says that it had something to do with Charlotte, who yes. is related to George Washington. Yeah, I don't really remember. Do you remember the first movie that... The ship was named, named the, the Charlotte. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if it's Ben all Gates, it's not connected, but 
because Ben Gates spent so long looking for the Charlotte, mm. that was like the first thing they find in that movie. That yeah. he probably went to like other locations looking for it, which is how he got the blueprints mm. of the passages that he was able to show the president. Right. Because he probably went there thinking that that was Charlotte. Mm. And then he Maybe. was like, Charlotte, it's a ship. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. It's mm. a nice little piece of head cannon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> which we discussed what we love is that. We love last that. week. Yeah. So they're in these underground tunnels with Secret Service agents who don't really look like Secret Service agents. Did you want to mention it? No. <laughs> Just the main Secret Service agent was a little overweight and Hannah was like, all right. <laughs> you would, ex- okay. I know, he's, like he's the, protecting the yeah, president. The most I know. important person in the United States. I'm with presumably. you. Presumably. I'm with you. <laughs> Especially in 07. <laughs> all right. So anyhow... So yeah, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, I was I was trying to think who's the president, who was the president before this president in in the National Treasure universe? Was it, was, it still Bush? Yeah. Mm. In 04? So, yeah, yeah, it like, was Bush. Do you think it, I know it was in real life, but like, there's a different president. So like, does Obama exist? In, oh, in the National Treasure in the universe. National Treasure universe. I don't know. Anyhow, but the guy who plays the president mm-hmm. apparently has played. The president of the United States in two other movies. Oh, really? Yeah. He kind of looks the part. Doesn't he? Yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Old white guy. He is the demeanor. <laughs> yeah. He's a he's a handsome older white guy. He is. Yeah. More handsome than George Bush, I would say. And Nicolas Cage. <laughs> that doesn't... That's <laughs> no, not hard. That's not hard. <laughs> so he's able to corner the president because he's, he convinces him that there's treasure underneath or some shit. And... Nick Cage, or the president is like, yeah, the Book of Secrets, it's real. It's in the Library of Congress. And then the, the president rattles off like 20 numbers. <laughs> He's like, you have to remember this, 2456892. And then also remember 7642. And then also remember 498457. <laughs> and Nick's like, got it. Nick's like, yeah. It just walks away. Easy. <laughs> Amazing. Anyhow, it's in the Library of Congress. So the squad... Go squad deep to the Library of Congress. <laughs> Roll up, squad deep. Riley, Diane Kruger, and Nick Cage. They sneak into the special section. Which they had to build for the movie because oh, really? that doesn't exist. Well, of course it doesn't. But it was they filmed it in the library. Like, it was filmed uh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. They built kind of a loft type of mm. deal mm-hmm. for that area. And then they had to obviously, like, deconstruct it when they were done filming. Right. So... They go to where the book should be, and it's not there. Oh, my God. But there's just a fucking another safe built into the the shelving that I guess they never replaced in 200 years. I, please. <laughs> so they find a picture of the other half of the, uh, the treasure map Aztec that they're thing. looking for. Oh, also the president said, hey, when you go look for the yeah. book. Take a look at page 47 take a look for at me. Page Let me know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> And Nick's like, got so that's it. What sets another, up the yeah, another number to remember. But yeah, that that movie. ultimately sets up what would be the third movie, essentially. The FBI shows up, and there's a another car chase. Can we talk about the FBI showing up? Yeah. What do you got? Is it? Is there something there? I didn't notice this, but yeah. I would love to go back and look. Apparently, yeah. they're they all file in to the library, and sure. they look like they're holding guns, but. Mm-hmm. They didn't give them guns for filming. They were just holding their hands, like their index fingers, like they That's were. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, we have to go back we and look. We have to go back. We and have look. to go back and look. That's great. <laughs> that that would be amazing. 
So they get the picture, and I guess they send the picture to his mom, who then deciphers it, and they figure out that they have to go from to... from the dad's phone, which yes. is how Ed Harris gets it because he stole the cloned cell yes, phone. Yes, thank Can't you. Can't forget that. Yeah, thank you. So they find they, out. Like I said, they do a terrible job of evading the villain in this movie. You are absolutely right. So they figure out that they have to get that the city of gold, the lost city of gold, is. No, under Mount Rushmore. Under Mount Rushmore. They built a monument the there. the Aztecs, who lived in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> built their city of gold in, in what Dakota. is now South Dakota. Because of course they did. Because of course but they did. But also Native Americans inhabited that land. Yes. So, so how did they... Did they have to work with the Native Americans in order to construct this? I, I don't know. I don't know. So let's just, let's just, I don't, I don't fucking know, but <laughs> so Nick Cage, Diane Kruger, Riley, John Voight, Helen Mirren, Ed Harris, and Ed Harris's croonies all show up to Mount Rushmore. They all go together. Everybody's got guns and On shit. prom night. <laughs> On prom night, apparently. And Nick Cage says, all right, lower your weapons and I'll help you. And you can even keep the treasure essentially. But make, don't shoot my mom in the head is essentially what he yeah, said. Yeah, because she's got to go meet the queen. Yes. <laughs> she's got to be on a flight in like two minutes. So also in the code or, or something, Ed Harris also has another lost page of something that he burns. Up. It's not so stupid. worth it. So what you have to do is you have to... Surrender your hand to the bird of... Well, you have to pour a bunch of water on oh, rocks. Yeah. <laughs> Until you find a spot that doesn't get wet in the so shape they of use a bird, filtered water. <laughs> use they like just, Dasani water bottles. They're they're literally standing on giant house-sized boulders, and they all have one Dasani water bottle. <laughs> and they're like, "We got to cover these boulders in in water until we find a bird symbol." And they find it in like the third try. Oh my god! <laughs> so there's a little hole in the bird, and then you have to surrender your hand. So Nick Cage, the symbol of freedom or whatever it says. Nick Cage puts his hand in the little hole. Oh my god! And he screams. <laughs> and of course, he was joking. He goes, to oh, fake them out. I was just kidding. I couldn't resist, dude. Your mom was just at gunpoint. Like, how about not kid around a little? You're about to find the fucking city of gold. He doesn't know that. Anyhow. Although after you find that, I'm sure that you realize that you're about to stumble upon something. Yeah, of course. So they, he switches a latch that's under this, or that's in this hole that opens up a cave. And they all go in, and the cave closes and behind them. is there them. no one around to nah. see this happen? Nah. Oh my god. Now massive boulders start breaking open. In Mount Rushmore. In Mount Rushmore, a major a tourist attraction. Which is a huge tourist attraction. <laughs> Proms are held there. Yes. They all go into the cave. They realize they're in the right place. There's some gold artifacts. The cave closes behind them because Riley's an idiot and trips over something. Of course. <laughs> oh my god, I want to. I want to spin off with just Riley. Of course, he's the best one. He's but the best character. He gets treated this, like absolute in this crap. Movie series. So, Nick Cage does have a scream in here. Uh, something along the lines of like "Go back." Oh, that's when they're making their way through the caves. And John Voight and Helen Mirren get separated from the other four. Also, what happens to the cronies? I think they stay outside. Why? I don't know or care. That's ridiculous. I know. Why, why wouldn't he why bring wouldn't his bros? Why wouldn't he bring his guys in? Yeah. Then it's like five against one. I know. Ed Harris could easily be overpowered. Oh, my 
Yeah. And I thought they died or something. I don't think they died. I did they just forget to pay them that day and they didn't show up to set? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Or whatever. Anyway. anyway, so yeah. So there's yeah, Helen Mirren and John Voight get separated. From the other four. So when the other four are together, Ed Harris and, and the original trilogy uh, trifecta, <laughs> they stumble across this teetering seesaw platform that's just that's just in the middle like it's buried underground that nobody's discovered again in at least 200 years and they're like they have to to offset your weight we have to shift our weight so that somebody can reach up and grab the ladder and it's It's... just it goes on forever and then they all just live and everybody's fine and nothing's wrong yeah. And then they just keep going and they go into another room where there's where the, the other room that starts flooding and oh god, what do we do? The room's flooding. Oh, we have to turn the they wheel. They just turn a giant wheel and it stops flooding. And then they go into another room. So uh, among this chaos, yeah. Ed Harris finds probably the dullest knife oh, yeah. in the history of knives since yes. it's from Aztec era. Yeah. <laughs> and pulls it out of a skeleton. And decides that he's going to use it. Yes. Later. Yeah. So they ultimately find the city of gold. And John Voight and Helen Mirren meet back up with them. Because there's just a much easier way where they don't have to be on a seesaw or or almost drown. Why are there two ways into it? I don't know. (laughs) So there just are. And uh, they all get together. And now the city of gold is starting to flood. There's only one way out. Ed Harris pulls a knife. He's like, I'm going to be the first one out, but you have to, somebody has to keep the door open while everybody else escapes. Okay. So in the original script. Yeah. So Ed Harris, I think, holds Diane Kruger at knife point. He does. Okay. He does that. And also in the script and what they filmed, he stabs John Voight's character. Oh. But Turtle Tom and Bruckheimer decided that was too violent, I guess. And... They ended up editing it out. So for the rest of like those scenes, you don't see John Boyd's character because he's bleeding out. Oh, I didn't even notice. He doesn't die. Right. But his like sweater is slashed. So like when they show him, apparently they had to CGI his like a slash and his sweater closed. And hmm. there is a quick scene, apparently like an Easter egg, I guess that's what you would call it, where mm-hmm. you can see that he's like bleeding. Hmm. Weird. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. The room is flooding. Nick Cage and Ed Harris are holding the door open so that everybody else can escape. And Nick Cage is like, no, you you could go. It's okay. I'll stay. And you go. Because Ed Harris is just being a dick and he's the only one with a knife. And from some sheer amount of luck, Nick Cage gets launched through the door and Ed Harris has to stay back. And Ed Harris does that. He's like, tell him I, I found it. I found the city of gold. Tell him I found it. I found it. It was me. My I ancestors will be avenged. And then they all get through the door and everyone's like, whew, thank God we made it. No remorse. Zero. They just murdered someone. Essentially. He was going to murder them, I guess. No, with a dull ass fucking knife. Well, he was going to let Nick Cage drown. Whatever. Yeah, right. Nick Cage volunteered. He so, was like, I'll stay back. It's fine. Yeah. Well, he didn't volunteer. Ed Harris kind of forced him into it. But anyhow, they they get out. They find their way out. The, the, no mention the of Ed Harris's character ever, ever again. again. They, well, actually, they get well. Yeah, they they run into some Secret Service agents who take them to an airplane hangar where the president is there. President is like, 
I manipulated somebody into writing this story <laughs> in the New York Times or something that your grandfather's name will be cleared and we'll tell the world that you found the city of gold. And then Nick Cage is like, also, Ed Harris found the city of gold. <laughs> and then the president goes, I think you and I need to have a little talk about page 47 of the Book of oh Secrets. Oh my God, kill me. Nick's like, oh yeah. Then the last scene is fireworks over the the fucking round Mo- Mount Rushmore and Diane Kruger's like, why don't you move back in with me, oh, stud? Oh. And they kiss under the starlight and the fireworks with all these people around. And the movie then, ends. No, no. Riley's car. Oh, and then Riley <laughs> finds finds his car again, and but it's a, the car from the first movie, not the car from the beginning of the movie. And there's a little note in it from the president that says tax free. And that's how the movie ends. Ugh, I hated this movie. I hated it. All right. I have to admit, going back through it, it's very stupid. Yes. Uh, <laughs> any other closing thoughts? I have a few. Uh, Riley, you Whatever. moron, I think we touched on. Yeah. There are several scenes, which we did not touch on, of Helen Mirren and John Voight's marital squabbles, <sighs> and I just couldn't give a shit. Really stupid. I really don't care. They were arguing about things that just were incredibly inconsequential. I just don't care. And then, oh, and then at the end of the movie, too, Helen Mirren is, like, like analyzing and documenting the city of gold. They were, they were With a whole crew, they, they were able to drain it. And Hannah turns to me, and she's like, why don't they give it back to the Native Americans? It belongs to them. <laughs> but no, white-ass Helen Mirren is like, we need to study it. And I get that you need to study it, but, like... They're also going to profit from it. They're going to, Definitely most certainly and she's like organizing her crew and totally micromanaging people helen mirren is mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. like yeah anyway wouldn't you think that someone in that profession would care more about giving it back to the people that it belonged to nah you only get you only <laughs> get to be the best in your field by Theft. I don't know. Theft, yeah, I guess. So that's that's gonna do it for the movie. I think this is a long episode. <laughs> it's fine. We haven't had a long episode in a while. That's true. Uh so yeah, if there's no other closing thoughts, we can do some Nick Cage awards. Let's go for it. Uh best supporting actor. Who do you got? Who are you thinking? Is it Riley? Did we give it to Riley last time? We should have. It should be it it should always be Riley. It should just always be Riley. <laughs> Riley's the best character. Riley, you moron. <laughs> I love Riley. He does everything right. Riley is the most useful character yeah. because no one else in the age of technology knows how to use technology. Nick Cage very easily could have taken his camera phone out and taken a photo, and yet he decided to use a red light camera instead. <laughs> and uh, then just assumed that Riley would be able to hack the system in order to get the photo. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Riley, you got it, buddy. Riley. Uh, best dressed. You think it's that first scene? I do love that. Okay. I, know, I don't know if there's, I mean, there's the He's tuxedo. And the scuba suit. The scuba suit. <laughs> Those are pretty memorable. But I do think it's that first scene where he's wearing essentially two t-shirts and a blazer. <laughs> he's wearing two t-shirts. Uh, the worst Nick Cage scene. Um, for, for me, it's like the whole first third of the movie. I don't really care about the first third of the movie maybe it's the scene where he's in the oval office looking for he doesn't have a lot to do that's a very diane kruger heavy scene 
It doesn't really matter. We can we can give it Whatever. to that one. Oh, how about the dumb waiter? Oh, I hated that scene. <laughs> okay, we're gonna give it to the dumb waiter. <laughs> Best Nick Cage scene is just before then. Yeah, it's, it's Buckingham Palace. It's in the lobby of the Buckingham Palace where he's freaking out. It's amazing. Which I think is probably also going to contain the best scream. For sure. Yeah. He does scream a lot more in this movie than he did in the and last. And he does, I left it out actually, but he does scream a few times towards the end. Like, we found the city of gold and, and like, I'll Doesn't stay, matter. you go back because there's rushing water and shit. Yeah, like, those are justified screams. These None of these are justified. No, because he had to make a scene mm-hmm. and I don't know why they wrote that scene into this movie it's really just to get nick cage doing what he does best so uh most nouveau shamanic moment is it the finger he gives at the kid probably the finger curl i don't know why he does a little raptor claw at him he i mean he does some pretty crazy shit in the buckingham palace when he says get in to the wait to the dumbwaiter with um or he says that to diane kruger Hold on. I want to I want to watch the Buckingham Palace scene again and and decide. The way he stomps down the stairs is very <laughs> new. Oh yeah, it is. Is it that is, it? It is stomping down the stairs, turning and giving a huge point back at her. All right. That's that's going to do it for the awards. I'll, I'll agree with I, it's hard for me to say. I'll agree with you on that. I can't disagree. It's hard to say no to that. Absolutely. All right, Han. Where, where are we ranking Where that? are we ranking this one? Way lower than the first, oh, for, obviously. Well, the first is number three on our list, so. <sighs> He's so cagey in this. Much more cagey than in the first one. Yeah. But this movie is not good compared to many of the That's others. That's okay. How about after Ghost Rider? And above Racing with the Moon? Yeah. So that'll put it at number 11? I think that's fair. Seems high to me, but I hated it. And yeah, you didn't but hate he's, it as much. he plays, he's Ben Gates again, Steve. Like this, it's, it's him. He plays himself. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. Oh, I don't know. You hated the movie, but I that did. doesn't change his performance in it. I, I mean, you're the one who's in charge of these. Yeah, Vikings, I am in so charge. God damn it. it. All right, that's the ranking. Next week, I think we already talked about it. Bangkok, Bangkok Dangerous. Dangerous. Doesn't he play like an Asian character? I don't know. Or we'll find out. 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> God, we haven't seen something this bad in a while. This will be our second worst rated movie what was on the Rotten first Tomatoes. One? Deadfall. Oh, God. Deadfall, Deadfall was zero. Loved Deadfall. <laughs> Deadfall was zero. This is eight. Oh, and then... Uh, Left Behind is also a Left one. Behind is a one. And then uh, Trapped in Paradise and Firebirds are tens <sighs> on Rotten Tomatoes. Jesus. So that's going to do it, I think. Anything else you'd like to add before we get out of this long-ass podcast? I'm going to kidnap him. <laughs> going to kidnap the President of the United States. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal, steal the Declaration of Independence. Independence. What would it's... they do for the third one? He wanted international treasure. I know, but like, what would be the line? Oh, well, it it depends on what's on page 47. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) All depends. I don't care. I I mean, I love this crap. Like, (laughs) Oh, I hated this. It doesn't matter how terrible the movie is. The content just... Yep, speaks to me. (sighs) All right. All right, that's that. Anything else you'd like to add? Now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. (laughs) Now...